Hello, Annie Trenders, and welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. Uh, it's the end of a season, so uh, I hope you're looking forward to this episode. Uh, it's me, James, your host, and uh, even though we just got her back, Gracie is gone again this episode. <laughs> so I have Nick. Hi, it's Nico. Yep. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm actually kind of glad this season's over, just because as we look at the next season, everything has been so stacked. There's like at least three or four shows that I was just counting down the days to the new season to start just because I've been anticipating that so much. Um, yeah. I, I love that you and I are like, Oh man, there's like three or four, maybe even five shows that we want to watch. And Gracie sent over her to watch list <laughs> uh, ahead of recording. And there's 22 entries on it. Uh, <laughs> so um, no chart check today because we're, we're leading into a new, um, into a new season. And unfortunately, because of our recording schedule, we don't have the results from our uh, spring most anticipated poll. Uh, that'll be out on the 31st of March. Uh, this episode, so, so we can have not... our own most anticipated poll just with us. So it's it's our yes. official most anticipated poll, but just Nick yes, and our our objectively correct most anticipated exactly um, <laughs> because every, what we say is law. Um, we rule anime with an iron fist like a tyrannical despot. <laughs> I wish, bro. Uh... Anyway. Yeah, if that was the case, then uh, The Angel Next Door Spells Me Rotten would never have gotten as high as it did last exactly. season. Exactly, so. so it's because of our benevolence that, that, that sort of, those results are completely valid. Yeah. Anyway. So... Nick, do you wanna do you wanna go first? Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start with the show that I'm pretty sure all of us are gonna watch, which is um, Oshinoko. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Gracie has it on her list. I have it on my list. Nick, you're gonna watch it. Have you read? Have you uh, started reading the manga yet? Yeah, I read the first volume in one sitting because I was like, oh, I'm already like ninety percent there, even though I know nothing about the premise. And then I read the first volume, and I'm like, oh. Oh, now I understand why it's it's hyped up as is. Um, yeah. It's a very refreshing show. I think that it it's really hard to like go into it knowing like a certain synopsis about what's happening because it's one of the few shows where I'm like, oh God, please do not get spoiled on this bit. Because I think it takes a little bit to get to that point. But yeah. I think the peak initial... Um, hook is just that strong yeah and the the production is aware that it takes a while to get uh people hooked on it because i know the first episode is a double episode so it's like a full hour it's um, like even longer means, than that it's like 90 minutes right it's like is it i thought it was only i thought it was only an hour um i have to double check because i thought that was what super secret meetings with quack had mentioned was that when they were screening that it was like meet like feature length movie ish like 90 minutes because that's why they're premiering the first episode right now in japanese theaters before it comes out officially globally yeah i don't know see when i hear feature length anime movie the that for me at least ranges anywhere between like 60 to 120 minutes because there's some things that get called anime films even sometimes if they're just compilations yeah uh, that don't really break like the like hour 10 minute mark and so, uh, you know, I'm anticipating, and this is me going, all right, well, regular anime episodes are like 23 
If it's like three, three episodes, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so, you know, run three episodes together, you're trimming off any opening and endings, which saves you about three minutes per episode. That means an hour is about, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I'm under the impression that the first episode is supposed to be the first volume, which if, based on the pacing, if it's like about 10 to 12 chapters-ish, then yeah, I think that would make sense as it being like three episode length. Because remember when like Ancient Mages Bride came out, like before... Before it premiered, it also had this, like, weird first three episodes in theaters. Because I remember watching that in, like, U.S. theaters. And then halfway through, I was like, oh, wait, this, is, this isn't this is even, like, a movie before the show comes out. This is just, like, the first three episodes yeah. kind of as a teaser that I now spent 12 bucks to watch. <laughs> hey, you got to see it on a big screen, though, with the loud noise. It yeah. was, it was. It was, like, was kind of nice that I was like, okay, that's a good teaser. But I was also like, wait, why did I... Why did I do that? Because usually I'm not that, like, I kind of expected more of, like, a continuity between, like, a, like a, yeah, as like a full movie. Like a beginning, movie. middle, end, leading yeah. the theater. Yeah, okay. No, that's fair. I, uh, oh gosh, I had a thought and it entered my, oh, right, it's the, um, I, I know that, like, the three-episode test is not really valid anymore. People make a decision on whether or not they're watching a show within, like, the first episode and only... I don't like I'll say like more diehard or dedicated fans will be willing to give a show like another episode or two to figure it out. But when, you know, you've got like, you know, a dozen, two dozen, three dozen anime coming out in a season, your time is precious. You know, if you're watching an episode of a bad show, you're missing out on the time you could have spent watching a good show. Um, And I think what they're trying to do with Oshinoko, at least this is my thought here is why do a three episode test when you could just have one episode that's actually the length of three episodes so people are like i'm gonna watch one episode but they're getting the full you know amount of of time to really let things settle in yeah and there's Um, still more stuff that's going to happen after that first volume it's just like because it sets itself up so well you're like oh wow there's a lot of directions the story um is gonna go to that i think even even knowing, I guess, some of the spoilers that are going to come out. I know all the spoilers. Episode. I'm caught up on the manga. A new oh, chapter dropped today. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I, It's very difficult to talk about Oshinoko because it is very important that you start it, start reading or watching it before I tell you more about it. And so I have to wait probably like three or four weeks in. We're going to have an Oshinoko podcast episode where i finally get to be like i've been holding this i've been bottling this for like six and a half months oh my gosh really that's so funny yeah i'm really looking forward to the to the production though as well as like just how it looks because the the source material is fantastic it's it's um uh mingle sensei the the artist of scum's wish and then the writing is going to be really good because it's uh aka akasako who is um the Kaguya-sama author. So, so that was like the first sell on the manga was that it was basically two really big powerhouse manga creators, creators yeah. that were combining to make this 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 whole product. Right? Was that the main yeah. draw? Which and it was it let them like really spend a lot more time on each aspect because I I I this is a I guess an anecdote an apocryphal tale I suppose um about the about um. Kaguya-sama Love is War, where the mangaka's like, yeah, it's really hard to come up with the story and also do the storyboarding and the art and then having my assistants work on it. And so letting, splitting the work so that you have one person that's in charge mostly of story Mm -hmm. and then like maybe a couple base sketches um, 
And then another person who is dedicated almost exclusively to the art means that they both get to focus on those one things, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. Also, the production, it's it's Dogokobo, who they just make good stuff. Yeah, I think they've got a good reputation over the years. As they like... do. I mean, their most recent one that they, I think one of their most recent shows is uh, the Shikimori. They did that one. Um, they did. They did uh, like Nozaki Kun. I think they did Nozaki Kun. Yeah, they did New Game. They did. Um, let's see what other ones. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, just scrolling through it. <laughs> they did Umaru. <laughs> I know you love that one, Nick. Comedy genius Umaru Chan. Uh, yeah, um. the greatest. I still have that <laughs> box set in my apartment. Did you buy it just because it was like five dollars? It was on at sale. Like, they had why? the Hiroto <laughs> Chan. Umaru box set for like <laughs> 22 bucks and um I was I contemplated at some point this was if I ever did honestly the next time we do a white elephant gift exchange is a non-zero chance that that's going to show up in it that's um, a good idea it's 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 yeah. like it's like enough years that you're like wait how long have you been holding on to this box set yeah. of Umaru I think I picked it up like my sophomore <laughs> I think I picked it up like my sophomore year of undergrad which means I've had it for almost five years now oh my gosh yeah. Uh, before we move on, I think I'll just give a quick synopsis about Oshinoko without giving away too much things. It's basically about an idol who shows up at a um, gynecologist while secretly pregnant. Yes. That's it. That's all I'm. That's all I'm gonna give. She's pregnant with. It's twins. a show about idols and show, it's a show about idols and showbiz. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things actually is that it gets into um, uh, like specifics of production. And this is this is like not a real spoiler, um, but there's there's a little arc that talks about like adapting a manga for a stage play, and how like you have to get permission from everybody and all the extra work that goes into the production. And I love I loved reading that because like from a I guess a meta perspective, I'm like, hey, this is written by somebody who like at this very moment or at least like while they were doing these chapters the production for like season three of kaguya-sama was going on so it's like this is written by somebody that is currently having their stuff adapted mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing i really like yeah one thing i really like about oshinoko i mean it, it almost feels like how many years has it been since perfect blue came out like what was that was oh it? so many years because i'm, I'm it's a similar subject matter, and it almost kind of makes me sad feeling like so many things have still kind of the same um, with respect to some of oh these industries. Because I, I remember talking to someone about Oshinoko, and they're like a really big idol fan, but they don't they don't like Oshinoko for the fact that they didn't like they didn't like seeing the reality of some of the stuff that was going on, even though it was dramatized. But I think that like Oshinoko, I think really um, very explicitly kind of describes a lot of the very rough competitiveness that like grinds people down in their quest to being idols um oh yeah it's just such a rough industry and like at the very core of it with um hoshino ai's whole character is that she's saying like being an idol is selling a very nice lie to people and i feel like that's something you don't like people i think acknowledge it but don't want to they don't want to like they're selling hopes and dreams. You're not supposed to see how the sausage is Yeah, like you don't you don't want to like acknowledge it, even though there's kind of a lot of indirect acknowledgement of what 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 goes on from there. I, I just found that that was kind of like a really interesting way to put it, but also like a lot of the similarities with the pressure um, that comes into play with movies like Perfect Blue also kind of show that same style. Oh, yeah. oh speak, speaking of which, I I don't know if you heard my clicky clacky keyboards. I'm a hundred percent certain that, that Bruno's going to hear it during editing. 
Um, Perfect Blue is came out in 1997. It's my age. Oh, it's as old as me. Okay, so like, got it. So that's a really long time of nothing changing, or at least something's changing or being more. It's more. It's the more things exposure. change, the more things stay the same. The technology has gotten better. The ability to promote things has gotten better. Um, people have even more access. Like in Perfect Blue, the there's that scene of like somebody made a fake web page pretending to be, uh, you know, the main character. The internet is so much better than it was in the '90s. Um, like even I still remember dial-up internet when it was like we can't call Grandpa. He's checking his email right now. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I'm gonna um, I'm gonna put a supercomputer in my pocket and use that marvel of technology uh, to watch stupid internet memes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Oshinoko, uh, looking forward to to that. Um, are there any others that, that stick out to you, Nick? Um, we're going to get to Gracie's list. I promise. It's just, you know, anything we list is probably going to be on her list. So we may as well get our stuff out of the way first. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to talk about Gundam, which are Mercury season two. I've been waiting. Uh, they released a really cute art of all the characters. And when they release something cute like that, after the horrifying ending of season one, I think that. What that means is that it almost feels like that's the last time I'm ever going to see them happy for like the next yes three yes, months, yes. which is great. I think that'll be fun, especially. We love watching child soldiers suffer. It's uh, but they're not child soldiers yet. They're like students, they're and then it's like they're they're just they're, they? they're entrepreneurs. They're like high school entrepreneurs in space. They're children. Are they? Are they? Are they children? Are they fighting? No, are they fighting a war? No, they're not fighting a war. That's the thing. Oh, okay, That's the thing. That. It's like they're not fighting a war, but there's a lot of businessy deals within the giant conglomerate. So, to put it closely, there's a lot of like corporate espionage that now that these kids are probably finding themselves wrapped up in, not knowing how um, fierce it is. It's like opening up your lemonade stand and then seeing like giant corporate lawyers come by your neighborhood and just like start threatening you. Like, you've gone, like, way over your head over, like, what kind of business that uh, the world of Gundam Arms production is. I see. I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because I've definitely seen, like, memes of, uh, like, kids opening lemonade stands and the response is for, like, some angry neighbor to call the city to be like, they don't have a permit to sell stuff. Oh, my gosh. Shut them down. So awful. Um, I, I feel like that's the space equivalent of what, of what we've seen is just, like, there's just a lot, like, a giant world where where corporations are willing to kill, steal, and and threaten people's loved ones in this case. And a lot of these high schoolers are kind of just like in over their head. And there's underbelly factions that are willing to start intergalactic war with people. So it, it's like that, that problem of like, yes, they'll become very profitable if like war starts. But it's also that the cost is the fact that like their small business project might might end up hurting a lot of people. That makes sense. I need to watch season one first before I start season two. Yeah, no, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to be just like, knowing what we've seen from the first season, I'm going to just start laughing if like the dark factor just goes up. Um, I don't know if Agnes and I or even Mehdi and Quat can handle it because I'm like, I just, I miss it when it was like very wholesome for the whole show. <laughs> and now it's like... <laughs> No, it's good. I I will need to watch it, and mm-hmm. that means that I'm basically never going to watch it. No. I'm sorry. Um, 
You got it, probably what's going to happen, and this is this is my evil plan. And by evil plan, I mean, gosh, I really hope this works out. It's almost convention season again. Like once May starts up, it's time to go to anime conventions. And mm-hmm. one of the uh, cons I plan to go to is Anime Central, which is the week before Fanime. And so my evil plan, uh, and by evil, I mean um, selfish, I guess, to a degree. Inefficient, but selfish. Yeah. Um, is to fly out to Chicago. I'll be at Anime Central for a couple days and then take the long way home to get back to Fanime because that's close to where my parents are. So I'm going to take the train from Chicago all the way to like Martinez, which is the station closest to my parents' place, which is going to take like two and a half, three days because passenger rail in the United States kind of sucks, but I'm still going to ride it anyways. Um, And there's a big chunks of that where I just won't have internet access because I will be riding a train through the middle of the desert and I'll just download. So a bunch now of that you're separated. Yeah. I was like, you're separated from the yeah. rest of civilization. You have nothing else to do. There's nothing to do, but look at the beautiful scenery, watch some anime and eat nothing but cup noodle. Uh, I, I could see myself opening it up, like opening up the window, just saying, oh, yeah, that's nice. And then just like kind of turning the cover, the curtain down and going back to watching whatever it was I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, that that is no, that happen- no sunlight you know, inside. The, the scenery is beautiful when you are going through like Colorado and when you're going through the Sierra Nevadas. But Reno or not, sorry, not Reno, Nevada in like overall is just a blasted hellscape and mm-hmm. most of <laughs> most of like wyoming sucks and also as much as as much as i love nebraska western nebraska is also a barren wasteland uh and by wasteland i mean it's all corn um so you know i'll you can you can entertain yourself but once you look at the same set of cornfields for like the third hour in a row you want to see something else speaking of hellscapes uh are you looking forward to hell's paradise Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I absolutely am. Uh, I have read none of the manga, so I'm going in totally blind. Um, which is the first for a while, I guess. Um, have you have you read any of the source material? Oh uh, yeah, I've read I've read enough of it from its fact that it's like really high action, really high. Um, I don't want to label anything that's like dark that's actiony is like not necessarily always seinen, but it does give me kind of like like. I feel like it's more shonen, but it's like it's just that weird mix of like because it's like a historical action with uh, samurai fighting. Like I think it, it scratches like a really interesting itch for me. I mean, there's a it scratches an itch for me as well. I'd love for it to get super dark. I don't know if it ever does, but like, or at least not if not super dark, like super gory. I'm thinking of a uh, of like my go. It's like go to historical action show. I, I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch Shigurui again. I want to watch, like, old samurai, like, cut each other's limbs oh, off. yeah, yeah. I don't want to watch that again, but I definitely watch a similar show. Shigurui is horrifying yeah. in a lot of ways. Shigurui is so good. I love Shigurui. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get what you mean by, like, the vibes that you get from, from watching Shigurui based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's Dr. Stone New World coming out. I am not watching. Are you watching it? No, Medi's watching it. Medi, um, in Medi's loving memory. Huge, He's not dead. We huge, just like to think about him. Huge Dr. Stone fan on there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also on Gracie's to watch list. Let me double check real quick. Uh, yep, there it is. Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone, season three. I don't know where they're at as far as like what technology they've invented at this point. Yeah. First, I mean, um, through, but 
in the key art is a tree wrapped around the Soyuz capsule or the the space capsule. So if for those of you that have read the manga, you should know roughly where they are then. Okay, Gracie um, says they can fly, so that's a. Uh... Oh, got it. Okay, they made a hot air balloon. Okay, well. I see. Got Fun it. fact. Um, the, one of the first hot air balloon flights, uh, it was done in France, and the, uh, the, the person that was flying it got permission by some farmers to land in their fields, but not permission from some other farmers. And the wind blew it off course, and it landed in a field that it wasn't supposed to land in, and then a bunch of peasants attacked it and destroyed it. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. But also, like, if you've never known that, I I, I guess I would yeah. probably also join the mob and start stabbing the hot air balloon if I have, like, just no concept yeah. of it. Imagine you're, like, an 1800s, early 1800s French farmer, uh, and suddenly this huge silk thing falls out of the sky. Sacre bleu. It's like a giant, <laughs> I don't know, what it was like a giant beast or something. I don't know. What would yeah. be the equivalent of it? It's like, what would a hot air balloon it look like well as a, a monster? It's like, an unidentified flying object. Wait, literally. so you, you, would, no you wouldn't what it is. know what a hot air balloon is, but you would understand, like, oh, that's a UFO? Like, that's a spaceship? That's aliens? Like... No, it, it's just literally the definition of an unidentified flying object. It's a flying object that they have no idea what it is. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, it's basically like, what is this? Why did it come from the sky? Uh, immediate fight or flight response, and I guess they all it could be fight. a messenger from God. You don't know. Like, why would you stab it, like, on the spot? That's like, I don't know. That's the... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a French peasant. It's true. See what else? It's true. Mm-hmm. What else do we have here? There's honestly, I was reading Gracie's list. And I'm like, some of these sound really interesting, and uh, I'm probably gonna watch Heavenly Delusion, mostly because I just like seeing anything that Production IG makes. Uh, it's, it is, I don't know. I I want to like the studio a lot, but I also feel like with their shows, I feel like I'm throwing darts at a dartboard with a blindfold on, whether or not something is going to be a hit or a miss. Is is like, this really... is this Mad Lib sci-fi? Is this what the what production IG tends to do? Um, I don't know. I haven't... So it has source material that I haven't read. Um, and so I'm going to go into this blind. It's apparently... Uh, what well, is synopsis does not help at all. Um, we could watch a PV for a minute. Stuff. So we have... Yeah, it's like supernatural mix of... <laughs> it's going to go on the is it better than be the beginning test. It sure is. It's going on the is it better than be the beginning list. And we'll we'll see because uh, I think the last production IG thing I watched was um, Fina Pirate Princess. I know they did Housing Complex C, um, along with Adult Swim, but I didn't watch that because I don't think it was licensed on any of the streaming services that I had, and I don't watch television. I don't so think I anyone watch watched it. it. I'll be real. Like it's a. It looked really cool. It's a horror. It's a horror show, so it should be something I enjoy. I just couldn't access it when it was airing, and I didn't put in the effort. Whoa. Okay, so I'm watching the PV, and like one of the monsters kind of looks like straight out of Yo Tokyo Fish Attack. Oh, okay. Just like a, okay. a, a gelatinous shark with legs just running at you, like in a frenzied crawl. That's that cool. makes me very excited. I will any if anything. Like I know that Yo Tokyo Fish Attack is. Not a good show by most metrics, but it is still one of my favorite things to watch. Also, this is going to be the music is done by Kensuke Ushio as well. So like, oh, that's also awesome. like something that I'm like, yeah, that's a huge selling point, I think, for um, 
the the show. That is absolutely a big thing. I know some people will watch shows almost purely based on um the composer of the soundtrack. Uh, do, do we I know? Say some... I was going to say, like, do we know like where this is going to get distributed? Because all I see on production is just says Disney platform. And I'm like, what? What does that mean? Oh, no. Uh, I also don't know, but I don't like the sound of that because it makes it sound like it's going to be a Disney Plus show and uh, spin the wheel on whether or not that's going to be a weekly thing. You know, for people that are like, looking forward to shows we should probably i should probably should have done a little bit more research on some of these things yeah i know i'm just i'm kind of just looking through as we're we're going through the thing because there are some official reports that they say that um they are simulcasting worldwide on disney plus and this is coming from a senior manager within disney okay well i'll take the um, there is a there is an in an article on this that that confirms it because i'm sure it's a lot of the feedback from Summertime rendering not getting distributed at all in a lot of those yeah, cases. Yeah, which is a, a good show. Won a lot of our awards for the Anime Trending Award. So uh, yeah. so I'll put that on my to-watch list. Probably what will happen is I'll watch like two episodes and then I'll forget to keep up with it. And I'll go like, I started it and I really liked it. And then that'll be the end of it. I, I, ah, it's such a pessimistic view. I should really try to do better. Um, Anything else uh, for you, Nick, before I start kind of doing the recitation of of Gracie's long, long thing and kind of going, she's going to watch this. Do I think it sounds interesting? And then judging that. Um, I'm going to talk about Ancient Mages Bride Season 2. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I liked where it was from Season 1. And um, I, it's honestly felt so long between the two. Um, it, it has been a really long time between the two, though, because it's been like like three to four years is what it feels like between the two it's been almost it's been four years yeah this uh started no it's been almost five uh, years if it's five years yeah yeah. 2017 wow that almost that makes me feel like i feel that makes me feel old it's almost like i thought this was like season three or something i was like i thought this was already done (laughs) there was the there was like a an ova in the middle yeah there was the ova there was a little bit of a gap between the two cores i want to say um something like that i don't know i didn't finish season one mm-hmm. um i will accept your judgment because i totally deserve it i think the reason why i didn't finish season one is because we started watching it in DAC, and that was like my i'm gonna watch this weekly and then you know the quarter ended and so that's when i stopped watching shows there there's a there's plenty of criticism for season one going through um but i think the key thing i, I really like from season one i think the, the world building itself um is really strong for fantasy anime um oh yeah and how to describe it i mean it's like there, there's a lot you can say i guess between the dynamic between chise and um and Elias. Elias. um but i think i think the dynamic kind of gets a lot stronger as the episodes go go by um mm-hmm. and so it takes a little bit to get to that point but i think at, at its core i think i don't know i wish I, I wish i had gracie to back me up on some of this stuff but uh, definitely would help um, remembering some of the side bits and some of the magical st- stuff going through. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is the thing, though. Is I didn't watch the OAs in between, so, so I like totally forget like the the in betweens, and I'm like, hopefully that wasn't as important for the story because there's a certain point where I was like, I'm just gonna start reading some of this as I as, as the show ended, <laughs> just because yeah. I thought that like the world itself was super interesting going through. Um, 
It is super interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, us struggling to remember some of it is definitely just a factor in the fact that it's been half a decade since the first season. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, like, I, I, they need to spoon feed me a couple things because I forget some of the spots. Um, yeah. It's like I can't forget... I can't remember like the specific things they were saying, but I remember how it made me feel, and it made me feel pretty warm and fuzzy. Like, cause I, I don't, I don't think I approach this really as a romance, cause it doesn't doesn't really feel like that. I think from the beginning, um, it oh, yeah, takes a it. lot of time yeah, to yeah. kind of build up to even remotely resemble like kind of like an okay romantic progression between the characters. It's, it's like I th- I thought for my appeal is just the fact that it's just like the very interesting fantasy world um really nice world building really good architecture in a lot of the cases like when they're going to london or when they're um in the countrysides it's like there's so many like really interesting uh photo-esque kind of shots that they end up using um yeah it's um the mangaka of the source material did like a thing uh, got to tour england and so like got a lot of really good references Mm -hmm. i'm also thinking about when um she came to crunchyroll (laughs) x oh no i remember yeah yeah during the panel and the 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 moderator was like oh and you know you're doing a uh you know everybody can watch you draw and she's she was like yeah this is actually for like the next chapter i have to finish it in like the next three yeah my editor no like i i want to go off the rails on that that was like not okay because like the manager like her manager and or editor was like right on stage too and he's just like yep you got to keep working on this and i'm like wait so she's just like not having a vacation like they're spending and making all of this money from like her work and like she doesn't get breaks she's just working on her thing and now she's like on stage trying to talk about her show, but also is like trying to work on like the next panels that is you still got to meet your deadlines. I'm like, that that felt so wrong to me that I was like, oh, my gosh, poor Corey Yamazaki. That was like, yeah, that, that, that was oh, messed up. That was like legit messed up to me. She was amazing, though. I, I, yeah. I know we're tangent uh, tangenting a little, but I'm totally OK with it. Yeah. I like this story, which was um, there was uh, this was. The first Crunchyroll Expo, so it was like 20, it was 2017, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was the very first um, one in the, yep. Santa Clara Convention Center as opposed mm-hmm. to San Jose. Uh, Santa Clara Convention Center, I'm sorry, your architecture and layout is really confusing and I don't care for it. But uh, they had like the autograph signings and so the way that it worked is you showed up early in the morning and you stood in line to get a ticket. It's basically how they did it for the following Crunchyroll Expos, except that like, Nobody, it was the first CRX, so the crowds just weren't as big, so it wasn't too bad to stand in line and get a ticket. You could, you had to stand in an individual line for each guest, yep. which means that if you wanted two autographs, you had to stand in one line, and then once you were done with that line, go and stand in another line, which, not ideal. You really had to, like, figure out who was the more popular of the people you wanted, so you got in that line first, and then prayed that the other person you wanted an autograph from would be available. Um, but anyway, I got a, a, an autograph ticket for um, Yamazaki Sensei. Uh, Yamazaki Sensei, yeah. And I stood in line for the autograph session. And the they were blocked out for like half an hour, 45 minutes or something. And we were kind of reaching the end of the autograph session. And there were still like 15, 20 people in line. And I was maybe like 11 from the front of the line. 
and the time for the session ended. And the Crunchyroll Expo staff are like, sorry, folks, that's the that's the end of the session. We got another person here at this station doing an autograph signing, like, in the next 10 minutes. Tough luck. Which, I mean, they phrased it a little bit more politely than that, but that was kind of the vibe of, like, that kind of sucks. And, you know, the 20 of us were like, wow, that's really unfortunate. We weren't, like, yelling or complaining that loudly because we didn't want to seem, like, super rude in front of the guest. Um, but then... Like after like a little like side conversation with uh with Yamazaki Sensei, the the Crunchyroll Expo staff are like, all right, um, Sensei has a, like a panel that she has to do, but after that, she says that she will sign the stuff that everybody else here brought. Um, just meet in this general area at like three o'clock. The session oh, that's so like sweet. 1:30. So she came out. Yeah. She's went so, on stage and then. She yeah so we all were like okay we'll take that we'll we'll accept that uh, thank you so much for doing that uh, she went she did her panel everybody reconvened at like three o'clock um, and then the staff were like okay so there's not an available table right now but we've set up another one in like the back area of the convention you all need to promise that you are not going to wander off if we see you leaving the line we're just gonna kick you out of the back area and then we had to like not conga line, but everybody was like, put your hand on the shoulder in front of you. And like, we were elementary schoolers and they walked us to a table near where like the guest lounge was. And they had set up like a folding table and we're like, all right, this is where it's going to be. Um, this, the, the session is continuing. And so it was, it was super sweet because she didn't need to do that. And it was absolutely like taking time out of her day and like all this other stuff really going the extra mile for the fans, which, you know, immediately makes me she's one of my favorite um, mangaka because of that. Uh, so, yeah, I have my I have my autographed a copy of volume one of the manga. That's so sweet because it's like she did that and then she was backstage working on the recent chapter. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, so, I hope she has a really nice vacation or something or if she does at some point. Yeah, at at some point, I really, really hope she took a break within the last yeah. five years if that's not the case i'm i'm flying to japan and i don't know you better have taken a vacation or else i'm making you take a vacation it's it's oh not it's goodness. the manager it's like whoever else is like setting up this like insane work schedule i'd be like man this is like this is messed up you gotta yeah. stick up for yourself like chise does there you go yeah well i mean as chise does later on in the show because at first she is uh, oh my gosh but that's the yeah whole that's point so of sad growth. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right what else do we have um oh loving yamada level 999 i started reading the manga for that back uh when it was uh back when i still had my mangamo subscription um and it was kind of sweet but uh mangamo's release schedule was not great and so i was like all right i can't deal with this anymore uh but it's super sweet and it's about playing video games and it's this one is animated by madhouse which makes me excited because uh, Madhouse has a pretty good reputation for quality stuff. Uh, please watch Redline. I don't even know if any of the animators from, from Redline are still at Madhouse at this point, because they've undergone so much change in the last, like, ten years that it's just like... That's true, yeah. I have no idea, but still, watch Redline. Watch Redline, and then find the animators who did Redline, and watch all of the other things they've watched. Yeah. Oh, Kanaboon's doing... Uh... One of the openings. I like Kanaboon. They do. They do good music. Um, but yeah, it's about falling in love. Uh, it's about 
mobile uh, not mobile games about multiplayer online games i don't know it's it the premise sounds super generic to some degree of like oh yeah it's about a, a lady after a bad breakup and she plays some online games and it's like okay uh i've seen that premise before uh but the good thing is the last time i saw that premise it was recovery of an mmo junkie uh which was like a good show i really enjoyed it it was nice um i've read a couple chapters of yamada-kun and it's it's just good. It's I expect this to be kind of like a fluffy a fluffy show that everybody can kind of watch and enjoy. So that's a, that's a good one there. Um, is it is it like they're? I mean, it's not really focusing on the video game part. It's just more like uh, that's really. like the avenue in which they're meeting people and like learning about themselves. Yeah, it's not all online. There's a bunch of offline meetups. And okay. That's kind of the point. Got it. Yeah. Uh, other things. One of the things that got me interested is uh, a galaxy next door. Which is, uh, I love how Mal does, like, themes. And the theme of this one is childcare. I'm like, alright, yeah, sign me up. I, I don't know why I really like watching shows about kids. Uh, about raising kids, at the very least. Uh, the That's things the that propaganda, stick... man. No. No, it doesn't make me want to have kids. It just makes me want to watch other people have watch kids. Watch other um, people have kids. <laughs> yeah, no, that, no, this is the thing. This is, I have, like, pseudo-experience of this. Because I worked at a summer camp with, like, where the youngest, I mean, like, te- you know, at a certain point, teenagers are like, all right, fine, you're just going to go off and do your own thing. But, like, the youngest kids at those uh, at the summer camp are, like, 11 years old. And they are, they can be genuinely entertaining because they just have no fear. They don't, they don't really care. And because they're at camp, they are even, like, any judgment they might have felt like they were getting, they don't have anymore because they are of the mentality of, like, I'm never going to see these, like, I see these counselors once a week. They have no idea what I'm like outside of camp. And the counselors love it because we're like, we see these kids for a week and they have no idea what we're like outside of camp. So it leads to, like, a bunch of wacky, crazy stuff going on. And, yeah, there's some, like, hard things with, like, homesickness and other stuff like that. But overall, it's, it's generally pretty good. I am not as good with trying to console children. And that's because deep down I am a robot that just goes, logically, you shouldn't be sad, so why are you sad? Which doesn't work with kids. And also I apply that to myself. Turns out it doesn't work with adults either. Um, and yet. But uh, yeah, no, raising kids, childcare. Um, I'm thinking of Sweetness and Lightning. I'm thinking of Poco's Udon World. I'm thinking of um, what is the name? We did an entire episode about it. It's um, ah Kakushi Goto. Uh, the the manga one, uh, which is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I have not watched Buddy Daddies, but I will probably watch Buddy Daddies because <laughs> and because I need to I need to understand what all the hubbub is about with Gracie and Agnes. Yeah, she has some explaining to do with the uh, yeah. with the hot mic. Uh, that's something that we have to record to understand. <laughs> yeah, so I probably honestly that might not make a bad episode where I just watch Buddy Daddies and talk with Gracie about it. Um, I think, I think she will appreciate having somebody else to like, ah, you know, freak out about it. But, um, yeah, this is a, a galaxy next door is about a mangaka who's trying to support his two much younger siblings. Uh, and then, uh, a weird lady shows up and becomes his new assistant and suddenly decides they're going to get married. And the it's assistant a, decides that's. It's a it's a rom-com with supernatural elements apparently which I was like all right all right that's 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 all good 
Um, oh, I didn't realize it was I'm romance. Also... I thought it was like with the childcare, like like you know, like Barakamon's also another one too. Oh yeah, Barakamon's really good. But there's no there's no romantic angle. It's just it's just like he learns how to be chill and like children teach him innocence and how to have fun in his like you know in his very serious but, yeah troubled artist life. Stop being a cranky adult and learn to enjoy life every now and then. That's uh that's kind of the it's the whole like we teach children, but children also teach us. Um, I, I won't lie, the, like, last bit of that synopsis is like, oh, yeah, and then she decides that they're gonna get married, and I'm like, I thought we just complained about a show. Yeah, Gracie's like, notes Some lady shows exactly up and dramatically improves somebody's life. <laughs> the angel next door just, like, for no apparent rotten. reason. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, uh... Yeah. Oh, I, I, we're hearing from the, tel- the te- uh, I've gotten a telegram here from Gracie that says, uh, she is literally watching this show just to compare it to the angel next door spoils me rotten. Which is impressive because I'm watching it to be entertained. Uh, so I don't know. I guess different motivations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Any other? There's there's that little show known as Demon Slayer. It's got oh like, got yeah, Demon Slayer. Um, um, it's I mean, who's not? I'm not gonna. I'm actually not gonna watch it. Wow, how hipster of you. Well, it's less because, um, like, I, I like the manga, and I think I would really enjoy watching the show. I didn't watch the Entertainment District arc. Yeah, I've read the Entertainment both. District like, arc. It's like, it's fine. I mean, it's like, same thing with um, other stuff coming out. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, even if I've read the source material, if I if I fall behind on a show, I'm even less likely to pick it up when, like, a new season starts, so. It's, I mean, it's got a lot of interesting parts from, from this particular arc. I like, I think I like this one a little bit more um than the previous one but i think it's just because i feel like entertainment district arc i think is kind of like a it feels more like you're back in the swing of things like like almost like i'm used to things like it like it's just, it's a like the shonen sort of it's arc a it's a really 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 you've big gotten fight. good yeah you've gotten really good and then it's going through there um like it's almost like there's the the I remember at least like the fight in the entertainment district lasting like a really long time, like chapter wise in the manga. Um, yeah, yeah, it's similar to the the so, actual show. Um, I think there's more like intrigue in the in the in the swordsmith village arc. Also, I just love the swordsmiths in Kimetsu no Yaiba, Demon Slayer, uh, because they all wear those like clown the masks. Funny masks. <laughs> <laughs> Which which mask would you want to wear? Would you just like that main guy with the one with like the tongue sticking out, or ah, that's a good question. I have to look over them again. I do. I do think it would be funny to like. Or would you just want like a creepier one, like a Yamishibai mask? Oh, guy? I would totally want a Yamishibai style one, but I don't know. That doesn't really count as a clown. I think. Oh, for all you aspiring cosplayers out there, though, not a difficult cosplay to put together because you just have to. I mean, just gotta be creepy. Admittedly, you have to like go out and buy like Japanese work clothes. But just buy that and then just buy one of the masks. You don't have to do any makeup. You don't have to do your hair. Uh, just put a mask on and tie a handkerchief around your head to cover kind of your, your hair and you're done. Put on some, you know, wear some, uh, can't remember if they wear the sandals or if they wear um, like the the Tabi style stuff. But yeah, no, easy cosplay. Heck, I could do it. I think I actually have everything I need for it. But yeah. Demon Slayer, I mean, it's good. People are going to watch it. People are going to enjoy it. I wonder Already how... Already made a bunch of money, too, because remember oh, how yeah. they, um, they, they, they did the, like... They did the exact same thing Oshino Code did, but, like, they did it first, where it was, like, first couple episodes in theaters make a billion dollars. 
Yeah, and I think they had a U.S. release of that, too. There was, like, this whole song and dance about it in Southern California. Um, me sitting in, in the middle of the, in the Midwest going, like, ah, what, sounds, sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, like, some of, the, like, the bigger, like, the places that if you got anime movies in your area, they were probably showing it as well. Um, yeah. I get anime movies in, in my area, just not all of them. I'm just wondering if it's going to maintain the same hype, if we're going to still get nominations for um, like animation for and animation stuff. and stuff yeah. for the year, because there's a lot of like just really anticipated shows that I could see being different from like what people like in general versus like what critics, including me, what what, what I'm going to like more out of everything. Yeah. Um, so I I'm I'm super interested because I know. Um, I can't remember our, our sequels policy, and I should have be better aware of this. But um, I want to see how it stacks up because, like, Oshinoko is the new show that everybody is really excited about. Has a really, really popular and critically acclaimed source material that is being animated by a studio that has a lot of good shows under their belt. Going up against season four of a really, really popular adaptation of an already popular and critically acclaimed source material that is produced by an animation studio that has a bunch of really well-regarded productions under their belt. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing how they stack up. I don't think that the, like, I wouldn't say the Venn diagram of fans of those shows is a circle, but I'd say that there's a pretty decent chunk of people that fall into, like, both camps. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the chart checks this season. Um, I, I can't wait until our first one comes out, like, around uh, week three of the season. One show that I don't think any of us are watching, but I still think deserves a mention, is the Konosuba side story, the um, an explosion on this wonderful world, which is a Megumin-focused series. Um, I, I'm interested to see how it's going to perform. Uh, Konosuba... Very, very popular, and I think, still think it has a lot of fans, but I think the second season of it aired a while ago, and so I'm wondering how much... Yeah, season one finished airing in uh, in 2016, so I'm... Uh, and season two was in 2017, so it's been, again, like half a decade. And um, I'll so... I feel like super fans are pretty... I'm not say fanatical, but I think that they're it's it's popular enough where the fans of Konosuba really, really, really like Konosuba. Um, yeah. So like, I just remember there's a lot of split between like which which characters they liked a lot, I and mean, you know, Megamine has been pretty popular overall. Megamine is very popular. Megamine is voiced by one of the like most well known and popular voice actresses in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I could go, like, anywhere. I, I think it'll do fine, probably. Side stories have a bit of a, you know, a bit of a disadvantage, but I, I think Megumin is the is the most popular out of, like, the three, fem- like, main female characters in Konosuba, so. Yeah, like, like, the main comparison I would make to this is almost like, like, the SAO spinoff, where it kind of has to feel like it's its own separate, um... It's, it's its own separate thing being a, being a side story, but still has to have a lot of the similar charm that differentiates itself from, like, the mainline parts. Um, otherwise, it's like, why isn't this just, like, a mainline kind of story within the rest of the series? Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know if, like, the, if that just means the main focus is on Megumin's interactions or if it just means that, like, 
her family or her village of explosion pe- magic people like if they're just as wild as she is or if it's just kind of like the pre- is it if it's a prequel that where she's trying to like i think it's a prequel yeah yeah like where she it's kind of like understanding like more about her character and a lot of the quirks going through it's it's the it's basically like the origin story of like why does megamine only know one spell but she's really good at the one spell yes the... it's 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 i think i've uh the light novel the the spin-off light novel this is based on i think i read a few chapters of and i was like entertained enough i i don't read as many light novels as i probably would normally but i also know that my i i will i the quality standard that i require for me to read a light novel is higher than it is for manga because i won't lie if the pictures are pretty enough i can ignore a pretty bad story (laughs) (laughs) um but with light novels since i don't basically have pretty pictures to amuse me the entire time and there's usually just a couple illustrations inside the the book um that that kind of makes things a little bit more difficult like the last light novel that i read was spice and wolf and i didn't even finish it because i moved i moved away from california before i could borrow the rest of the books from a friend so got it okay yeah um the last one i was i i feel like i'm i'm just running through gracie's list now is there anything else you wanted to bring up before i think i mentioned the last one and we and we wrap up no i think that kind of got through my my list i mean trying to think of mm -hmm. nope yeah you're good all right, I want to talk about Skip and Loafer because uh, it's a school life show, but it's about college, and I can relate to that way more for a couple of reasons. One, I was super lame in high school, so all the high school shows don't resonate with me at all because I was a almost friendless loner who hung out in the marching band, uh, and it wasn't until university that I got a personality. <laughs> um yeah Mm -hmm. no high school james was not very exciting um and so i much prefer like the college the college life uh also this is another thing and i know this was a a major another reason why i think americans don't always do like just regular high school slice of life stuff as well is because american and japanese high schools are just so dramatically different in terms of how classes are done and how extracurriculars are done and all this other stuff. Um, I think university is a little more one-to-one between the U S and Japan. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like all the high school anime that I've watched. I'm like, yeah, these are fine. I'm enjoying this. And then like the one that I know is actually set in college is the Tatami galaxy. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is peak, 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 cinema. peak very relatable. Like, like, yeah, it's very dramatized, but also like just, you know, like I've had you've had experiences that relate to a lot of the main characters there. Yeah, and so I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to it a little more for me cuz this is a uh, about a, a a student from the the countryside that's moving to Tokyo for college and you know wants to make it big in the big city uh and is moving, you know, somewhere that she's totally unfamiliar with and I get to do the reverse of that going from a very populated area in California and moving to the middle of nowhere. Um which is kind of neat, though, because you still get that kind of that, that, a little bit of that culture shock, a little bit of, ah, things are, are different here. And how well prepared am I for this? So, so like the reversal, you know, the country mouse, city mouse. Yeah, the yeah. city mouse moved to, well, not necessarily like pure country, but a much smaller city. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so th those are, I think, let's see, Skip and Loafer and Galaxy Next Door, Heavenly Delusion, and Oceanoko. I think those are my four. Uh, oh, wait, no, Hell's Paradise is five. Five shows. That's what I'm projected to watch, and I look forward to checking back in like 10 weeks or 11 weeks and finding out how many of those I actually managed to finish. How about you, Nick? I know Gracie's going to watch all the shows forever, uh, so I have no doubt about that. Uh, but what about you? How many do you think you're going to commit to all your shows? Yeah, I can commit to like five or six. I mean, the main thing now that I'm like, wait, I forgot about the show that I wanted to talk about because it was supposed to be airing last season, but unfortunate um, because of the reasons from the delay. Um, oh, yeah. But, was that near? No, Golden Conway. No. Golden Conway season four is like the one I'm, I'm probably like most excited to see ah. back. Um, I think it's like a really important part as far as the arc is concerned. Um, yeah, I totally uh, forgot about that. Goodness. Yeah, I know they had to delay it because it was like a really unfortunate tragedy within the staff. So it's like it's it's kind of like it, it means a lot of thing having them being able to, to finish and power through, yeah. I guess, going through. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it because I, I was caught up up to up to the, the initial delay. And it's just like I love a lot of all the characters going through it. And we're almost at, I guess. I almost feel like every arc, I'm like, yeah, clearly we're almost at the climax, but I, I don't think, I don't think we are. <laughs> I don't know. I stopped reading the manga because I was like, I'll just watch the anime instead. And then I'd stopped watching after season one. Um, yeah. Well, the main thing is that like, it's at a really interesting part as far as like the character arcs. Um, because like at this point to kind of set the stage, like Usurp is now kind of at that spot where she's finally been reunited with, with Tsukimoto after being separated for so long. Um, but she's taken a lot of the lessons that her father and others have kind of put on her, which is kind of like the conflict of you need to rise up and be the leader for your people to fight back. And yeah. it, it's like the problem is like that's such a huge burden for her to bear um, at such a young age that it's almost like she doesn't even get a say in it. And so a lot of the conflict right now is almost thinking like, is she, like how much of her um, – of her family and her people's roots does she understand and like because she doesn't really have as much of that connection as she feels like she she should and whether or not she actually is willing to be able to do something like this for her for a cause um mm -hmm. i see and, and that and that's kind of playing in the background of just the giant gold heist as well because at this point she's probably gonna understand like where the gold is and like she's gonna hold the key of like what what is she going to want to use the gold for at that point? Is it just to make sure that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands? Or is, is there an actual idea that she has to lead the Ainu? Yeah, is there a plan for all that money? Yeah, and if she goes to the conflict route like her father and other people have set out for her, it's like she's likely on a path of self-destruction for her and, and her people. Um, yeah, which like Sugimoto the soldier would understand about that. Yeah, and Sugimoto as like the person doesn't want that because he's like, no, you're too young. Like you're, I've seen war. This is not for this you. This is not for you. This is like gonna change you as a person, change everything that was good about you. Um, it's a really, really heartbreaking sort of like I idea, I guess, to be thrust upon at like such a young age for that. Mm -hmm. um, all the while, yeah. we get everyone's backstories multiple times. So now it's like the more times I'm learning about how every th single thing Surumi does is all part of his big evil plans. Oh, I love it. It's like, oop, backstory. Oops, up, Surumi was behind it just to get undying loyalty from another lackey. 
I am impressed by his ability to manipulate others. It's pretty pretty interesting. It's something I could never do. He he manipulates me like through the screen. You know, it's like I I almost kind of want him to win at some of the spots because I'm just like he's too charming. You know. Yeah. All right. Uh, and that... <laughs> Gracie's unhappy. Oh. She gets the message. She's judging. <laughs> I understand. It's he's manipulating me. It's okay. It's fine. Don't, don't if tell. I understand he's doing it, that means that it's all right that he is. It's all right. I like. I understand he's everything he does is a ploy, and then he's gonna. It's pretty pretty obvious, yeah. But it's also a cartoon, so like, what real world repercussions are there gonna mm-hmm. be? Um, but anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Anime Trending Podcast, featuring the Gracie Telegram that shows up every now and then. Uh, that none of you get to see because it's text-based, much like an actual telegram. Hopefully she'll be back next week. Uh, We're really looking forward to the next season. Look forward to our first impressions. Uh, You're going to get a decent number from me because I'm going to some of these shows blind. So I think with that, Nick, where can people find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter, at NicoTheNeco. I think that's the only social media I'm using. All right, yeah. Uh, You can find me at at KonoChioda, our podcast uh twitter account is antitranspod um follow us there you can follow our official or the main antitrans account as well vote for your favorite shows um it's it's a new season it's time to pick your new favorites remember every vote counts because at the end of the year when we start doing anime of the year we look back and see who voted for what so uh vote early and vote often Uh, and with that we'll see you next episode thank you Goodbye. Bye-bye. Also, vote for Buddy Daddies. Yes.